At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Put your bags down and pull up a seat. You are listening to Stay A While, the podcast with Tommy Vincent. We could talk loud, we could smile, keep it real. And it's all good, Wherever you are, pull up a seat to the table where we not only serve food for the soul, but provide you with the key ingredients to embracing your true, authentic self. Lean in. I want to tell you something very important. We're all capable of healing. I know it feels like you've been spinning your wheels and nothing has changed. You still feel hurt, rejected, and confused. And all the trauma you've experienced just feels like a tangled web, keeping you stuck no matter how you try to get free. But wholeness and healing are your birthright. Freedom belongs to you and our healing journeys should we choose to accept them have the power to ripple through the generations both those who come before us and those who will come after us so how do we really heal and get free it's not a magic portal it's not a couple of affirmations it's a matter of knowing a few key things about ourselves our spirits and the God of our understanding. Today's guests, sisters Khadija and Zakia Abdul-Mateen, walk us through those keys. How we can access freedom as individuals and as families and get lifted above the shadows of trauma. You may need a box of tissues, a journal, or even room to spin around and dance once you hear the beautiful, uplifting wisdom these women impart. Welcome to the Stay A While 
table. It is a delight and an honor to be here today. And I'm Tommy Vincent, your host. And with me today, we have a special treat, not one, but two phenomenal sisters who are going to be joining me at the table and pouring out from their wellspring of life. We have Khadija and Zakia Abdul-Mateen. And listen, let me tell you something. They are all about unearthing and blooming. So this conversation today is going to be filled with gems and nuggets that you will be able to take away and apply to your life and really implement them in your healing journey. So without further ado, ladies, welcome to the table. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank that you. Intro. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so one of the things that is um, really important for me is for people to share who they are. Mm-hmm. Not in my words, not what I saw online, just having the opportunity to say, who is Khadijah? Mm-hmm. Who is Zakia? Mm-hmm. So uh, Khadijah, I would like for you to go first. Who are you? Yeah. Um, and if you don't mind, uh, before I introduce myself, if you will allow us to ground ourselves in this moment, um, mm-hmm. it'll be greatly appreciated. I am Khadija Abdul-Mateen. And I'm Zakia Abdul-Mateen. And we are the daughters of Mary and Yahya Abdul-Mateen. The granddaughters of Dorothy Mae Jackson, Thomas Earl Dale, Sam and Evelyn Ford. The great-granddaughters of Ruth Elizabeth Gillen. And the great-great-granddaughters of Eliza. And many ancestors that came before us, those who name we know, those who name we don't know or may never know, but whose presence is always with us as we continue this work of unearthing and blowing. Ashe. Thank you so much for allowing that space. Um, And so we start off that every every time because we recognize that our work is not just about us. It's about those that Mm -hmm. came before us um, and those that come after us. And so we always want to pay homage and uh, recognize that lineage is that lineage. And so Mm -hmm. I am Khadija Abdul-Mateen. And what's interesting about this podcast too, a podcast in general, is that our voices are the same. Yep, I'm going to say that. <laughs> we have the same voice. So we're twins, but we also have that. the same voice. So folks may listen and like, wait, now who's talking? Mm-hmm. But I am uh, Khadija Abdul-Mateen. I am an uh, uh, international trauma-informed yoga instructor, social justice body practitioner, which means that mm-hmm. I look at the body or envision the body and work with the body in a very social justice-oriented lens. And so what is harming the body, all of the things that, that's harming the body, uh, how can how we show grace to the body? How could we think about uh, the body as a place of freedom and liberation? And I use yoga as a form to have those conversations with the body and be more intimate um, and one with the body. Also uh, a mental health specialist as well. And I have a background in, in social work. I am a social worker. Um, yeah. But you know that already. (laughs) For everyone listening who may not know, the ladies are identical twins. So not only do they have (laughs) identical voices, when you're looking at them, they do have some things that are telltale signs. Who's who right now? (laughs) However, they they look alike. But let me just say this, even in that 
we recognize that they're both their own individuals. And so it's wonderful that we get to have them having this conversation with us and we're hearing from each of them and then being able to see how they've worked in unison and they've come together on one accord to do this healing work. So I think that's extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. Thank Thank you. Thank you. So let's hear from you, Zakia. Who is Zakia? Yes, I'm Zakia Abdul-Mateen. I love my name. It means pure, servant of a firm God. And who am I? I am, I'm joy, I'm love, I'm powerful, I'm vulnerable, I'm peace. Um, And in that, uh, I'm also a social worker and an advocate for children and for women and men and boys and girls and people in general and the black and brown uh, indigenous community. Uh, The work that I do, so I am a licensed clinical social worker and uh, I have a private practice where I do therapy, mental health one-on-one with children and young adults. And I use meditative practices and a treatment called EMDR. And what mm-hmm. that treatment is, is basically uh, a treatment where you use a rapid eye movement to basically um, heal your body as a whole. Not only what's going on in your mind, right, but heal your body and um, allow you to identify triggers of past traumas or past challenging experiences that still shows up in the body. And the work that I do, um, both with children and adults, is doing some of that work as well as meditative practices to release that throughout the body. Um, I also do a lot of international work. Um, a lot of that is in Haiti, um, where actually Khadija and I do that do that together. But I started going to Haiti a long time ago, back in 2013, where I started working with the community and developing a play therapy program with an organization there in, uh, in the south of Haiti. I like to have fun. I like to skate. Right. I love food. So, you know, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about that. And like uh, I say joy all the time because joy is just who I am, what I am, what I what I channel and um, what I like to not only display, but I like to feel it. Right. And, and me feeling it, other people that are in community with me feel it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really. Uh, Zakia teaches me how to take my time. And I really I just want to say I really appreciate that about about her because you you asked a question and she really went to like who she was. Um, And she always remind me to take my time. And so I want to take my time and go back and say that I am gentle and Mm. that I am love and that I am extremely passionate. Like when Mm. I am into something, I am passionate about about that thing. And I'm passionate about people who I'm passionate about. And I'm I'm I, I I'm a dancer in my own right, <laughs> <laughs> which means <laughs> when music come on, I can catch a beat <laughs> mm-hmm. and move your body. <laughs> New Orleans style. Mm-hmm. Um, Ladies, I appreciate you sharing um, the intimate details about who you are, and when you grounded yourself, you. You made sure that you honored who came before and who's coming after. And one of the things from my journey of healing, one of the places that brought me to a space where I recognized that I had the power within me to 
really take on what it the challenges I was encountering in my life. And I had a tool in my toolbox mm-hmm. that gave me the ability to come out on the other side. And that is food mm-hmm. and not just any food. It is legacy inspired cooking. And I believe that recipes are heirlooms and they are so powerful. And when we keep recipes moving forward from generation to generation, we present an opportunity for the future generations to have an opportunity to meet past generations and experience the love that they carried and presented to everyone along the way through those meals and recipes when they are graced on our table. Mm-hmm. So in the first segment of our podcast, we are going to do the segment which is titled Food is Love. Yes. So, <laughs> so um Zakia, what food best describes your personality and why? Mm, I like that. And so the first thing for me is beignets. Right? Beignets is a, a New Orleans pastry. Um and it the, the the thing about the thing that describe that describes beignets that I connect to is that one is very good and it's delicious, right? And it gives people so much joy. And it can be, um, you can you can have a beignet and you can just like really like, you know, just be really delicate with it, or you can have a beignet. You can have fun with it. Either way, go. It's an experience when you're having a beignet, right? Um, I like that the exterior is not too not too solid, but it has a little crunch to it, right? And the but the interior is very soft, right? And that's where the delicacy is. Um and then it's sprinkled right with some powder, right? And I like to I like to be sprinkled with a lot of different things, a lot of different emotions, a lot of different experiences. And so I would say, right, the um the very savory right uh, part of a beignet is what, what would describe me. Okay, beignet. Everybody wants a beignet. Everybody wants a beignet. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe, it's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. How about you, Khadija? I would have to say bean pie. Have you ever had bean pie? I have. Yes. You have. Well, okay. I yes. thought she was going to say yes, you I have. have. Mm-hmm. Um, bean. So bean pies. They're the the love that you didn't know that you needed. Mm-hmm. It, and it and it surprises you. And it's like you know you can't tell from the exterior or just by hearing about it if you mm-hmm. you want it or not. Um, and that, it, it may be just a little bit off-putting, but just, but once you experience it, mm-hmm. um, then it's something that you don't want to put down. And I really believe that about myself for many reasons. One, if I, uh, if I just meet a person and it's like, hi, kind of, you don't really know who I am. Right. But really, once you get to know me, it's like something you don't want to mm-hmm. get away from. Is 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 the thing that you didn't really know that you needed. I feel like I'm, I'm like I said before that I'm I'm really passionate about the people who I'm passionate about, um, and like once you in my circle, you're in my circle, and you feel that you feel that from me. But also, bean pies are really sweet. You may not know that you hear bean pie and you think it's something that tastes like. But people always say, "What kind of bean? Like what mm-hmm. bean pie?" Mm-hmm. But bean pies are really sweet. And they give you like the, oh, I was thinking about RuPaul, about to say the sensation. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I, my mouth is watering thinking about this bean pie. But really Ooh, bean pie really both. gives, the bean pie really give you, give you that, um, that's that softness and, and that sweetness. But it's also like the crust is hard. It, no, there's no such thing as a good bean pie with a soft crust. Mm-hmm. No such thing. So you have to have that good hard exterior, <laughs> mm-hmm. but once you break through, you get that bean pie, and it's it's everything. Yeah, you actually just took me back to a memory. Um, when I was younger, there was a, a restaurant, and I grew up in Trent, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and the spot was Amifica's, and they had the best bean pies. And I remember the first time that. I had was introduced to the bean pie. To your point, there was a lot of questions in my mind because it was a bean pie. <laughs> and in your you're thinking beans, beans aren't sweet. It's a savory dish. And texturally, what is this going to be about? And I remember when I ate the pie, it was an experience that I definitely wanted to come back to. But it also reminded me a lot of a sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Food is one of those um, things where you have to be willing to try new things Mm -hmm. and you can't get caught up in words. You can't get caught up in the title of a dish because you'll miss out on the experience Mm -hmm. um, if you are limited in your thinking. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's how when we're dealing with people. It's important that we don't limit our opportunity to experience the greatness of other people. Absolutely. Because of you're looking at 
what you think you know about them mm-hmm. or what you heard about them. Mm-hmm. You have to take the time and the opportunity to take a bite of the bean pie. You have to take a bite of the bean pie. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's everything you did not know you needed in mm-hmm. life. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about in the moment. I'm talking about for your in life. life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your life. And then you're going to tell everybody about it and try to convince them that, listen, I can't, I can only tell you so much. You got to try it for yourself. You got to try it for yourself. Now for you guys, um, especially since you are just grounded in the generations that have come before you, is there a recipe in your repertoire or that someone else makes for you that is special to you and why? And Khadija, you can start us off. So we're from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so we can run off meals all day. <laughs> but, um, all day. So my my father was uh, was sort of like the chef in the house. And he mm-hmm. and he cooked he cooked a lot, a lot of different meals. When my mother cooked, it'll be it, it was special. She made special, special things. She used to make this uh, bread pudding. It was the best bread. I've never had any bread pudding like my mother's bread pudding ever. And I believe her grandmother, which is my great grandmother, taught her how to make this bread pudding. She would make it every once in a while. So it wasn't something that we would eat every night, but she would make it every once in a while. And it'd be crispy on the outside and it'd be soft on the inside and it'd have raisins. And she'll have it with... um, She'll have it with coffee, with a little bit of condensed milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, was, and so extra sweet. My mom loved, loved, likes the extra sweet. Um, it was so good. And, yeah. she, um, and she taught us how to make it. And not, not really, she wasn't, mama wasn't, this is how you do this. And you write this down and you put this and this and that. And you put this in and do that. You have to catch her making it. Listen, mm-hmm. if you're not in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you're not going to learn. You're going to miss not, it. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to miss it. If you're not in the kitchen, you're not going to learn. And so uh, sometimes it'll take for us to kind of s- smell what was what was happening in the house for mm-hmm. me to run downstairs and try to learn the end of it. Um, but there were moments where I would catch her in the making of it. And I would see her use her hands because, you know, mm-hmm. it's a thing that you have to use your whole body for. You have to use your hands. And when you when you cook you have to cook with some with, with love if not the person will feel it and they will taste it and my mom my mom loved cooking this recipe because her grandmother taught her how to cook it but also she loved cooking it for us because she knew we loved it and she wanted yeah. us to have it and then she loved it too so she wanted to have it and so she would use her hands and she would like uh mold and pick it up and drop it and then she'll mold it into a shape and put it in the pan um, and she and she'll bake it, and it comes out so good. And I learned how to do that uh, from her. Yeah, you just made me think about what you said you learned from Zakia and the ability to slow down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that cooking is a gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. And we are in this space and time where everybody's in a rush. And everybody wants everything fast. And so the art of cooking is being lost. Mm -hmm. And when someone labors over food for you and Khadija, to your point of love, for me, if love isn't in it, I don't want it. Yeah. But that 
just pouring every ounce of your soul into a dish and then allowing others to eat on that is it creates an atmosphere for healing mm-hmm. because love mm-hmm. is the remedy for all things mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. so powerful and so for me i refuse to let that go yeah and I am very deliberate about teaching my children how to cook mm-hmm. and not so much like you said about the measurements, but some things are better caught than taught. Mm-hmm. So when they're in the kitchen with me and I'm just, you know, it's like a, a progression. You One, you know, they go from being able to prep the greens and to cut them up into ribbons and to soak them and clean them and just the whole process. Eventually they get to the point where that dish is now etched in their heart yeah. and they have the ability now when my mom, that's me is no longer around. Guess what? I'm still going to be present. Yeah. yeah, I'm still going to be on the table mm-hmm. and that love is still going to be there and it's mm-hmm. going to be poured into everyone from generations to come as long as they keep moving that recipe forward and they remember it and they feel it and we tell when we talk about intergenerational memory or Mm -hmm. uh healing you know when we talk about food and the nourishment of food we can definitely bring that into the conversation to say that this is an element of like intergenerational healing as well you know Mm -hmm. when all else is said and done we don't have words you know, when we're con- not conversing over over anything. It can't it, we we can't explain how how things our love or you know or how things are passed on or whatnot. We cook and we feel it, and maybe we can't even explain what we feel in the cooking, but we know that it's pleasant and we know that it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that and that we can pass on. Yeah, yeah. Zakia, name a time in your life when food was healing for you. Yes, definitely. Um, I I would say it was a moment um, shortly after our father transitioned. Our family got together because he was a cook. He was a cook, right? And so our family got together. A few weeks after it was Thanksgiving, we were all trying to figure out what to fix. So we all said, let everybody just fix what daddy would fix. Everybody take a dish. And we all did a great job. There is no question that my daddy's spirit was in that kitchen with each and every one of us just like working because that was a very healing dinner. It was a very healing time. And so some of the things on the menu, right, was like stuffed Cornish hen. We had uh, sweet potatoes, yams, right, that that Khadija would make. Um, We had gumbo, right? That That was my job to do the gumbo. And so one of the things that was very healing for me with gumbo and very intergenerational as well is that like my mom, my daddy didn't really, he didn't really like teach us, teach us, but he would make sure that we were in the kitchen looking. And my daddy was one of those people. He never left the kitchen. If he starts mm-hmm. something, he's in the kitchen until it's done. No mm-hmm. matter what, he'll pull up a chair, a book, a radio. My daddy would never leave the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, that was a moment uh, for me because with gumbo, you take your time. Right. Gumbo, you really take your time. You put in the right ingredients. You make sure everything is just like 
um, meshing in together and you really, really take your time. And so when people ask me, you know, can you make gumbo really quick? And I'm just like, really quick doesn't go on the end of can you make gumbo <laughs> or can you make gumbo this evening? I'm just like, I need a whole 24 hours actually. Um, but, but one of the things that has been, uh, uh, overall healing for me is the way that my daddy would cook because, um, he was also Muslim, right? And in Islam, you know, we have like Ramadan where there is a moment of the day where you don't eat. And so my daddy would still cook. And so he would use his smell. He would, he would re- really, really use the smell um, to strengthen, like to, to tell him like what flavors to use and to connect with the food even deeper. And I've learned that as a person that has taken on the job, I would say in the family of fixing gumbo, is I would go by the smell. Even in moments where it's not Ramadan, I still to this day fix gumbo by the smell. Mm-hmm. And I don't really taste it until it's like either done or almost done. Not even consciously, but I noticed that after a few times, I'm like, oh, I don't, but I'm so full afterwards, not from tasting, but from smelling everything and smelling mm-hmm. and smelling and smelling. And I'm just like, y'all go ahead on and eat. You know, uh, I think I need a little time. I'm full for some reason. And it's because I've connected to the smell so much that has been that those moments has become healing for me for so many reasons. I'm always glad to get in the kitchen and just whip up some some New Orleans gumbo for, for the family. It's I love, I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, because we're talking about healing here. If there's mm-hmm. something taking place in our home mm-hmm. that's challenging, it could be, you know, an individual challenge or a collective challenge. Mm-hmm. I make my way to the kitchen. Mm. and I don't say anything, and the house really gets still because I'll start playing my music. I'll put on gospel music, mm-hmm. and I start cooking, and everybody will be moving around, but there's a stillness in the mm-hmm. house, and like the atmosphere really becomes conducive to peace resting yeah. and giving everybody an opportunity in the moment to bring their mind um, like pulling down any vain thoughts or stories that we've conjured up as a result of the challenge, mm-hmm. bringing that stuff in and just really being still. And so mm-hmm. when you're talking about that moment in the kitchen with your family and everybody just really honoring your father mm-hmm. with the food that he prepared mm-hmm. and establishing I just could feel that when you were talking about that, yeah. like what that space felt like, yeah. um, because I know it all too well. And that's why I just, I just really hope, especially in our community, that we won't be driven away from the traditions that were established in our kitchens. Mm. You know, a lot of things that we have done a lot of the meals and the dinners that our ancestors prepared, they've been villainized. Yeah. And little, um, and just for complete, um, as a result of ignorance, not understanding and valuing the freshness of the food that was prepared. Yes. Mm-hmm. The quality of the ingredients that went into the foods that we prepared. It was yeah. extremely the pots and the dishes were filled with real food. Real food. Real food, yeah. Real food. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I I recognize how powerful powerful it is. And so I am an advocate for don't lose that and don't be deceived. Mm 
Yeah. Don't buy into the hype yeah. about the demonization of our food. Yeah. Yeah. That is so critical for us mm-hmm. to be able to walk out the power of joy, mm-hmm. walk out the power of love and our ab- ability to create and curate these spaces of healing for yeah. our family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the other things that um, that I, I didn't mention is I'm an herbalist as well. Um, and I didn't learn that my grandmother was also an herbalist um, until after she passed away, right? And so I was on my herbs and I went to herb school and things like that. And my mom said, you know, mama used to do herbs talking about her mom. And I said, no, I didn't know that. But then I, I do realize when I called my grandmother, she would always have something for me to do. Always have a recipe every time, like if, if um, I was hurt, cut, fever, anything. Mm-hmm. And it was always herbal medicine, but I never connected that. And so that's something that's always healing for me as well. Anytime I touch my herbs, anytime I buy herbs, mm-hmm. even morning tea, um, it's always it's always like a healing ritual for me and fixing mm-hmm. herbs with anything. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. having those herbs inside of the dishes that we that we yeah. make. So having those herbs in the jambalaya, having those herbs mm-hmm. in the gumbo, having the. But I really love what you said, Tommy. I really love what you what you said about um, not not demonizing our food because yeah. I, you know I I I I understand and I uh, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That is uh, definitely one of the ways, one of the ways that have connected us to our ancestry, mm-hmm. to our lineage. And uh, but the food was way, you know, way more fresh, way more authentic, mm-hmm. of course, when our ancestors were, were were around. And there are ways that we can definitely do that exact same thing now instead of saying, well, let's strip the whole thing because it's for whatever reason, it's not good for us. But mm-hmm. it, it had all, it has always been good for our spirit. It always been good for our soul. We made these meals because it was good for our spirit and good for our soul, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so what are the ways that we can do it and still be good for our spirit and good for our soul and in a healthy way? Um, yeah. But completely to, to 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 demonize those those things that we use, uh, I, I feel that you're right. It does a disservice to to who we are, to our culture and to our ancestry. And so definitely having that be a part of uh, our lineage and continue on throughout generations, uh, you know, is definitely something that that should be sustained. Yeah. 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 100%. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The wait is over. The shy returns May 10th on Paramount+, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So now we are departing from my beloved food mm-hmm. and we are going to um, get into the conversation where, and, and the, our conversation about food was so rich. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we want to even take it to another level okay. and providing sustenance for everyone who has an opportunity to listen. So my first question for you is, you know, you both, you're identical twins. Mm-hmm. And you are both deeply drawn to the healing work. Mm-hmm. Looking at the snapshot into right now, it, it it just feels like this is what you guys were born to do, what mm-hmm. you're doing right now. Has there ever been a time where either of you wanted to or tried to do something else and y'all just kept coming back to this? Or has this been the plan all along? We wanted to be pediatricians. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot that, Khadija. We did want to be pediatricians. I always remember that when we were kids. We didn't want wow. Um, we didn't want children to suffer. And so we were like, who who are the people that help children not suffer? Uh because we, we will witness, you know, other children being sick. Mm-hmm. We were like, we don't want children to be sick. Like that's not. And so we we're like, we're gonna be a doctor. And I promise you, all we have to do is say that one time. My grandma yeah. has been telling people that we were going to school to be doctors ever since then. Yep. No matter what Even we go we, for, it should be like no doctor. Matter, be like grandma, doctor. social work, doctor. Mm-hmm. Grandma, we mental health now. Yeah, and my granddaughters are doctors. They're going to school to be doctors. Like, okay. And we didn't we didn't really change that direction until our first semester at Tuskegee University. <laughs> when we great. went to that. Tuskegee TU when we went to that um that biology course and we went to that biology course because it was like you have to take this class you know because what you want to do you want to be pediatricians right you have to take this this class and all the science and everything they gave us first semester we were just like just so do we want to do this the biology room <laughs> is cold right the hospitals are probably cold we started making all this like we were just like mm, let's just let's just think about it but we were we were, we always wanted to do, be in the helping profession, mm-hmm. right? We always wanted to help people. Um, not quite sure where that came from. My, my family, we, we all, my family was always, we're always helping people. We always had our door open to other communities, to other children in the neighborhood. Um, but I, I believe in hindsight, the healing work, you know, is always what we, or helping profession is always what we wanted to do. And of course, healing comes as we as we learn more about healing and healing ourselves, it's like, oh, this is this makes mm-hmm. sense. I, I I also I was in social work before I was actually in social work for a long time, working in uh foster care, work working in foster care with juvenile in a juvenile system. Um, and then I actually went to divinity school. Um and it, I went to the, I went to divinity school more for education. I grew up Muslim Christian, so I went to divinity school more to, more so to try to understand uh, my my upbringing more deeply and how they inter- intersect. And while I was there, you know, I got into a social work program as well. And then, you know, after after social work, the, you know, it's it's all sort of like came together. And I specifically started started thinking about intergenerational 
work a, a while back when, it, you know, I just started thinking about intergenerational healing. What is intergenerational healing? And that it just kept coming up in my spirit. Like, what is that? What is that? What is that? And then I just started studying it and being more drawn to drawn to, you know, the experiences of those that came before me and how am I affected by those experiences? And if I don't, you know, do anything, then how would the generation after me be, be affected by by those experiences? How are we as Black women, how are Black women and girls affected by by those experiences and how we exist today? And then started thinking about how can we cre- create healing spaces to respond to those things? And it all sort of came full circle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it definitely came full circle, especially for us as as twins, we were actually going in different directions, what we thought, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I went to New Orleans for social work. And while I was there, I thought I was going to do something completely different until my last semester when I went to Haiti. Um, and I was just like, okay, I think I know what I want to do. Um, but then Khadija was in divinity school and, you know, she was already traveling to the African continent, like different places, um, traveling around. And so we were actually going like this but then we came back around you know and met one another we got our education we had our our experiences with other people in different part of the world and then we came came back and then we found it and Khadija will probably share like how we were just like wait a minute why aren't we working together we have like the the same goal but it was just kind of like an aha moment at like a random time a random random time. time of the night where I was like assisting her with applying for a grant. And I was just like, wait, I'm the person that you're looking for, actually. Like, we should be doing this together. <laughs> Look no further. Look yeah. no further. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. That's that's good. I actually, I have twins. Um, oh. They're, yes, I'm a girl and a boy, though, so they're not identical. And mm-hmm. I, I I wonder that about them, because right now they're they're juniors in high school and their paths are it's splitting. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that has some concern because my daughter Hadassah has really nurtured her brother Tanner all of their life. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much that she does for him. I'm like, you, y'all sure y'all don't want to go to school together? <laughs> but for her, she probably, not probably, she does deserve the opportunity to not have to be carry her brother that way. Mm. And then he needs to come into a space where he is able to self-advocate and really, you know, just take his life in his hands and, and make the decisions he needs to. Yeah. And hearing your story, I'm like, so maybe it's like the parting to come back together again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, I, 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 I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Yeah. yeah. Be helpful. Be helpful. <laughs> um, so on in your Instagram bio and your Instagram um for unearth and bloom um you are titled intergenerational healers and that is a i i believe and and you may definitely feel differently but that is a huge mantle you know mm-hmm. taking on intergenerational healing and so you're going beyond the person and you're, you know, looking to to that healing to really spread out and encompass a lot. Yeah. Can you really just speak to what does intergenerational healing, what does that mean so people can understand the significance of it and why you believe that is necessary? 
Yeah, definitely. I think, um, thank you. I'll, I'll, you mind if I, um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll start off by saying, um, it's a huge mantle, yes, right? Uh, but it's, it's not heavy. It's not heavy at all. Um, it's very intentional. And so in the work where we, where we teach people how to do is just be intentional about your healing journey. And with and, and being intentional about it, you get to heal generations in the past, right? It's not like putting all these burdens on your back. It's not carrying anyone else's cross, right? Um, but you're healing yourself. And in turn, you're being intentional about healing generations before you names who you know, names who you don't know. And also, as we say, names you may never know, right? Um, and so there's a lot of ease that comes with it. It's ease that, that, that comes with knowing that you get to release and you get to release bondages. And also the people that we know, like my, our nieces and our nephews and our own children, we get to, we get to experience them without these intergenerational um ties right or that's challenging upon them and so uh that's what makes the intergenerational work um a little bit easier for us and intentional and not as heavy and so we say intergenerational is it means just that like our mothers um our mothers and fathers their parents the the people that came before them and the people that came before them right because as we know as black people in this country there there's our generations and our ancestors have faced a lot of trauma, right? Um, and trauma is held in the body, right? And so no matter if that person passes away or what, you've had a child that you trans, that you, um, you passed on, right? Pass you yeah. pa- you passed on the trauma unknowingly, right, to this person. And so you wonder like, oh, why, oh you do the same thing that your auntie did, or you do the same thing that my mama did, or you, yes. you know, and we unknowingly pass these behaviors on and pass these traumas on where it's felt in our body. And so we're afraid and we're really jumpy and we don't know where it came from, but knowing that, um, acknowledging that it, it could have come from generations before. And just because we don't have knowledge of it doesn't mean we don't get to, to heal it, which is mm-hmm. a beautiful, the beautiful part about it. Yeah. And then real quick, uh, I, I also want to add that the self, we are intergenerational beings. Mm-hmm. And so to look at ourselves outside yeah. of that is the first is the first sort of like uh, misconception or mess up in itself. Mm-hmm. I, my, my niece is three years old and uh, her name is Naya. We call her yummy. My, and, and she does this thing where she like stands there and she put her hand on the hip and go back like this. We don't do that. My grandmother did. Mm. My she she did yummy me grandma. Yeah, she did she no she did Maybe. not. She did not. Mm-mm. Okay, no, she no, did. no, she didn't. No, she, didn't. she didn't. And we will look at her like, what? What? That's my grandma. Where she? Mm-hmm. Where she get that from? Walk like and, and everything. Just just like her. And I know mm-hmm. you've heard this. The the uh, you probably heard it in your family. Somebody you told you you have you have a face like such and such. Mm-hmm. You got a nose like such and such. I had a head like my aunt Priscilla, all my life. Never met the woman mm-hmm. a day in my life. Right. And so we we don't only walk around with the essence or with the image. Uh, that's that, those are things that we can see, but the things that we can't see are the body memories that they, for whatever reason, was not able to address. And this both comes 
comes in like the healing ritual. The reason why Zakia is studying herbs right now and my grandmother was studying herbs, but she did hadn't had no idea. Right. Mm-hmm. So it not, not don't, doesn't only translate in trauma, but it translates mm-hmm. as a healing ritual as well. Yeah. And so there's something that's called uh, epigenetics. And it's, you know, it, it just really briefly uh, intergenerational trauma exists in multiple ways. One spiritually um, to, to like scientifically, biologically epigenetics when the the uh, there's a gene a chemical that sit right on top of the gene that translate the you know the experience mm-hmm. experiences especially traumatic experience from one generation to another and then there's the way that we just exist right and so the things that my mom used to say you know you know the my mom's uh what's some of the things my mom would say uh whatever little small things my mom would say throughout mm-hmm. the house we mm-hmm. end up saying it to one another, not fix even knowing face, that. Like those, like, fix, fix your, your face. Mm-hmm. Fix your face. You know, these are the things that we heard and we see and, you know, and so we pass that on to our children. Now our children, you know, and our nieces and nephews talk about fix your face. You know, mm-hmm. great grandma was saying fix your face. They have no idea where that, <laughs> where that, where that come from. But it also happens mm-hmm. with childhood trauma as well. You know, mm-hmm. when the child, when the child is have a, having a, a traumatic experience, they grow up a particular way and protective and, and not feeling love. And then how do they give love if they have no idea how to receive it? And then you have an adult walking around no, not knowing how to receive love, but they give birth to someone, you know, and 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 so now what is what does that relationship look like? And so that's the intergenerational things that we're talking about and how that how that how that happens. And then we come in and we say, hey, these are the tools that we have in order to speak to the lineages that that came before us and in order to uh, address some of those traumatic experiences in order to relish in some of those healing experiences and those mm-hmm. and those freedom moments and uh and we have access to all of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. when i was in therapy one of the things that my therapist would say to me is that you can't run from what's in your dna mm-hmm. so you you know me moving away, you know, a thousand miles is not going to change the experiences and the trauma that has been passed down from generation to generation and the willingness to do the work, to go through the process of achieving the healing that you deserve Mm -hmm. is a necessary part of the healing journey. (laughs) And what I found for myself personally, that was really helpful in understanding that it truly is generational trauma is there were family members that I needed to forgive and having an understanding that there were areas of trauma in their life where they did not have the opportunity to work through their healing they didn't ask for that trauma to be presented in their life and yet it it started to drive how they lived out their life it allowed for me to view them from a place of empathy. And because I love them, um, regardless of my own experiences, I still love them sincerely. And so just being able to see that piece of their life and really just to a point be grieved Mm -hmm. in my own spirit 
that they didn't experience the healing that they deserved Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't something, you know, from a family perspective, no one talked about, you know, therapy. And as women, we truly, I come from a line of women who really just took life and put it on their backs Mm -hmm. and they would just keep adding and keep adding. And, um, it just was a way of life for the women in my family. And so being able to be in a space where I have taken the backpack off, not only have I taken it off, but I've unloaded that joker and Mm -hmm. got rid of all of the contents and got rid of the bag. And I'm presenting a different road for my children and for generations to come to travel has really, um, that in itself has been healing for me. Yeah, Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and, you know, another thing I want to uh, say, too, is that when we when we talk about healing generations um, and all the we talk about healing ourselves so it doesn't pass on. But also we do believe that we have the ability to heal the the, the spirit of the ancestor mm-hmm. that came that came before us. And yeah. so if there are if there is still uh, the essence of trauma lingering. Mm-hmm. which it has to be if we have it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and yeah. so uh, when we heal that essence of trauma within ourselves mm-hmm. there's also something going on spiritually that mm-hmm. allow that that to break free and that's and that's a release as well and so uh even though you don't know the person even though we may not know our own ancestors you know we say the names of those we don't know um we we get to say uh oh okay let's be intent let me be intentional about those who names i don't know who, who have experienced this this who have had this experience and so let me heal myself but then also knowing that i'm also breaking something in a different realm as well yeah. i'm break i'm setting something loose setting something free yeah. in that realm as well everything is connected yeah, I get, that. I get that wholeheartedly. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Healing isn't quick work, and neither was this conversation. We covered so much, and Khadijah and Zakia poured out so much wisdom that we're going to come back next week with the second half. In the meantime, if you want to learn more, visit unearthandbloom.com or follow Khadijah and Zakia on Instagram at Unearth and Bloom. Meet me back here at the table next week for the second helping of this healing conversation. Like what you hear? Then let me know and tell a friend. You can find and follow Stay A While on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. I can't thank you enough for your support of Stay A While. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated because it helps us to set the table with the soul food you crave. You can also talk to me directly on Instagram at Chef Tommy V, and that's Tommy with an I. And remember, life happens at the table, so meet me there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them 
can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.